Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in where leathering Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And to my right is our gracious host. It's Connor Sweeney, everyone. Welcome, yes. Connor, to hey. his own home. Welcome me start. to my own home. We're in the FZK East. Welcome. We, uh, it's a road show, our very first road show. Yeah, that's right. I'm so excited. So we came here because Connor recently had both legs. You're happy to be here. It's your house. (laughs) I hope you're happy to be here. Carl, I'm always happy to be here. (laughs) Should be. Every day I wake up knowing it could be the last day I'm allowed in my own house. Oh my God, I feel the way I'm sitting, I feel like a moderator in a political (laughs) argument. Oh, because you have to turn your head. I'm like the dude running a point counterpoint. Can we debate? Yeah. Like hardball. Actually, we're about to debate. We're about to have some pretty hardcore debates. Um, oh, that's and good, because I'm a master debater. <laughs> Carl, yes. you're quite the cunning linguist. I, I am, yes. I like to <clears> tongue... I believe that's an Austin Powers joke that I it just is. pulled. Actually, that's from a oh, James boy. Bond film. Is it? Yep, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, that would be Tomorrow Never Dies. So you're going to say Golden Shield. No, Golden ter- Shield. It's, t- uh, it's Shield? Terry, Terry Hatcher's character. The, Terry. the Desperate Housewife is the Bond girl. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure she, either she or Tomorrow Pen- Lives no, Forever. I'm Tomorrow wrong. Never Dies. He already Tomorrow said never the title, dies. Carl. It's... It's Money Penny. It's the name of the Money Penny's newspaper. He's learning Dutch, and she says Wait, you always tomorrow wear a lives language. forever. Tomorrow forever, today for yesterday. Maybe we should explain why Carl's stroking out on Mike. Do you think? <laughs> oh, yeah, fine. I don't know what's James, happening. No, the, the the joke is James Bond titles <laughs> are in the last similar? ten years were kind of oh, stupid, sure. except for Live and Let Die. Tomorrow never dies. Hmm. Never die alone. No, that's a DMX movie. That's a DM- <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> so not not only are we on the road today over at Connor's house. <laughs> die another day. That's what we're thinking of. That with that yeah. god awful Madonna song. Yes. Die, die another day. Another day. <laughs> I had it on CD. Yep. I had that soundtrack on CD for sure. Oh, I had a poster man. of that in my room. Oh, I thought it was the There's a lot of dies. Is that the one with Christmas? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Christmas no. Jones. Christmas, Christmas Jones, Jones is, is from. Is that Denise Richards? That yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is the, is the world is not one? enough? Oh, the world is not enough. Yep. Is yeah. Halle Berry in that one too? No, no. Halle Berry is only in Die Another Day. Die Another Day. Yeah, got it. Which where she does the the Ursula Ursula Jinx? Anders. Yes. Is that her name? Yes. Yeah, she comes out. I of prefer the, it when Daniel right. Craig does the Ursula. Hey, when fucking Daniel Craig comes out of the water yeah. and those teeny I mean, little blue shorts. It's more of a belt. The Grigio Perla and sky blue. Just the bottom of his sack. Quick sidebar. Speaking of. Daniel Craig. This is all sidebar. That's, right. That's fine. I saw a preview screening of Knives Out, the new Ryan Johnson movie, the other night. I saw. Do you guys you, know anything about this? I saw you had a poster for it in your oh, office. Oh, it's so good. In living room. It's so good. Is it? It's so good. I saw. Yeah. I saw a trailer for it, and I thought it looked okay. great. Daniel is, Craig is playing like a foghorn leghorn type detective in it. Like that's his accent. Just I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. It. Like it's unreal. Did okay? It's so good. Ryan Johnson's the one. <laughs> did he do the Last Jedi? Yeah, the Last Jedi. What else has he done? Well, Brick, Brick, uh, the Brothers Bloom. Oh my God, Looper. He, he did, Have you seen Looper? No, but I saw Brick, and I thought Brick was one of the best, best like. Uh, oh, buddy, neo- okay. I've got Looper on Blu-ray. You're gonna borrow it tonight. No, I have it. too many. It's, I have to watch. I don't care, Connor. I have to watch Cannibal Holocaust. Right, we, <laughs> God, do you though? Yeah. Oh, you do. Is that a spoiler? 
It is official. Official spoilers. We have our oh, first yeah, our first cat out of the bag for the evening. It's fine. Okay, you'll have to come back over and watch Looper sometime then, because it is. I, I'll borrow it if you are cool with me having it for like sure. a couple weeks. Yeah, that's fine. It's the best work that, honestly, the best work Bruce Willis has done in a decade. You think it's, so? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. It's the first movie I've seen in a long time where he actually cares now. that he's on screen. Now. Don't even now, say Connor, Die Hard. I know that we're we, not getting back I know we disagree this. on Live Free oh, or God. Die Hard. However, <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree because I think he's pretty goddamn good in that film. Okay, but he's just John McClane. Like, not just, just John McClane? <laughs> what is just John McClane? Carl, you Explain feel, that to feel me. Feel free to flip the table anytime. Right. <laughs> That's not what I meant. You know Thank what you I meant. so much, everyone, for joining <clears throat> us. We will be. Uh, John McClane is like, you know, it's like an old, you know, coat that he puts on every mm-hmm. once in a while. Like he knows that but character. But it's a damn sexy coat. But I would argue that he, in the later films, he's it's he's going through a lot of the motions. I would argue, I think after three, I would not. argue that Bruce Willis does not know the character of John McClane <laughs> because there is actually a fifth Die Hard movie that we've we don't speak sworn of that. never to talk about ever again, where he just isn't hey, the same person all, so all i have angry. to say to you is yippee, i was full of rage <laughs> all i have to say to you is yippee i feel like we, mother russia you know what's really funny <laughs> which was the tagline on the poster was it really yippee mother russia i was, was about the tagline to credit no. and now i don't enjoy no, that no, no, anymore no. That so you know what i think is really funny tagline. i think that this is all in we are all not wanting to talk about this movie very much no i'm super into it but i also don't want to <clears> stomp <throat> all over fun no i'm no, I, get I, it. I, get I it. as you know from my one and only episode that i've been on this show <laughs> i have a tendency to go way off on no that's that's okay. it's okay to steer me back i'm actually really Point being see knives out as soon as possible it opens tomorrow well, uh, well what is today for our listeners? Today is Wednesday, the 27th. This will be coming out today, late. Think, so. This is the last week of <clears> December, <throat> so it's well out of theaters. You missed it. No, no, no. <laughs> it better still be in theaters. For a full month? I don't know. Maybe not. It's right. so good, though. It's so good. Anyway. So, knives out. Check it out. <clears throat> now, we've got we've got some jingle bells in the, in the air. This episode is coming out on Christmas morning. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I know. Actually, I probably shouldn't put this out on Christmas. No, we've, do. We've always we done to. it. We've always done it. Open up Eve, not open Christmas up morning. Right. New Year's Eve. Yeah. Put no. it out at a time. Well, this will make you appreciate the things you have, I think. If we, put this, if we put this out on Christmas Day, we might save lives over New Year's. Maybe. <laughs> so let's put it out I on Christmas know. Day. All right. So it's the last week of our month-long... <sighs> our ode to our Nick. Our ode to, to St. Nick oh, Cage. And we're finishing up with a movie that I had never seen, Connor had never seen, and Carl had seen... Several, several times. Mm-hmm. But we'll, And we'll talk about yeah, how your yeah. opinions have changed on it. We're talking about 1995's... Leaving Las Vegas, directed by Mike Figgis, starring, man, you are in ketosis, <laughs> starring, does that say jo- John O'Brien? Oh, that's the writer. Okay, we've got, you're going to have to tell me who's in this, Carl. Oh, no, did my hands I'm gonna do weird? I'm going to go out on a limb and say Nicholas right. Cage is in this. Right. Nicholas, Nicholas Cage is Ben Sanderson. We have Elizabeth Shue as Sarah Shue. with an E, Julian Sands as Yuri. The, those are the three main characters. Yeah. Everyone else is like tertiary in this. Although, and we'll get to it, can there we, are a lot of cameos in this movie. Holy shit. This is like a 90s cameo <clears throat> slugfest. Can I, can I yeah, run through a couple Ruin, of them? Yeah, We've got Arlie Ermey is mm-hmm. in this movie. Not in a military role, just a and guy. With no. a beard. And with a beard. It's insane. I've never hair. seen that. How about Danny Huston as the Houston. bartender? Houston? Danny Houston, yep. Danny Houston as the bartender. I've mm-hmm. never heard his name said aloud. Thank you, movie man. It's like Texas. Danny Houston, who, did you guys, I'm sure you 
guys have watched American Horror Story? Oh yeah, dude, sure. him yeah, as yeah. the Axe Man is fucking killer. But he's also uh, isn't he Striker from X Men? Yeah, one of them. Yeah, not the one that was Brian one, Cox, not, but yeah, he's no, not Brian the Cox newer ones. Striker. Yes. Ha- well, then God. hashtag not my Striker because Brian Cox forever. Okay, we, speaking we're big of, fans of Brian. Speaking Cox. of yeah, yeah. quick tangent, have you watched Succession? No. Okay, get on that. Lend it to me. Because Brian Cox is... No, no, it's a TV show, HBO. It's old. I don't watch TV Still, anymore. Still, lend it to me, Connor. Baby. Don't be a Yeah, dick. lend it to me, Why ass. are you holding on to it? I'll, I'll lend and it to you through nefarious <laughs> sources. Possibly possibly my favorite cameo in this. Honest I think to God. I know. Uh, Marish, is it Mariska Hargitay? Yeah, pops up baby. in this as a as a hooker. But we're, we're watching this. And by the way, we're going to say hooker a lot because in mm. this movie, they're hookers. Yep. Um, just like homeless people in uh, in uh, the second Michael Ma- or the yeah hobos no the third <laughs> the third uh, Halloween movie those are bums oh bums in that because movie. they're bums sure. in that movie yeah, in yeah. that movie they are um, so they do reference them as hookers in the movie dude so that's... bird bird caught it I didn't even she's so mm-hmm. young in this that I almost she's didn't also uh, she has an entire character arc she's not just like a cameo because she comes back at the and she's at the on, end of the she's movie she's only on screen three times right but she's got like a whole you see her in the bar. Yeah, uh, towards when like the middle of the yeah, movie, and then, the she's, casino, the, and then yeah, she, but she's the one at the end in Ooh. the bedroom, and then she just kind of <sighs> slinks bleak, up. You guys, she, she I'm has, so sad already. She, just has, about this she has no speaking lines though, right? Um, no, no, she doesn't. Oh, say she a word. says one thing. She says, "You're making me so hot." That's her, oh, that's yeah, like her big line the, when yeah. she comes in. All right, so now we've gone through this this month so far with vampires kiss. Hilarious. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen that, but I've seen a best of Connor, <laughs> like a YouTube right. compil- that is pretty compilation much the movie, of yeah. So much it's so worth watching. We did Moonstruck, funny and charming. Yep. And our first one was Red Rock West, which was kind of a great cool. sort of noirish. Is that a Western? What is it's, I've never heard it's of. It's like that. a pulp crime. We, is that like early we called it a Western or? noir. Yeah, there you go. It's kinda like a huh. like a Jim Thompson novel shot in the universe okay. of Longmire. Um, Weird. So we're about to take a big left turn. Those of you who are kind of waiting for like the laughs, <laughs> Leaving Las Vegas is one of the saddest films I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. That said, this is my first official nomination for Best Picture. Yep, I think that's fair. Yeah. Not it's so it's I brought bleak. this movie to the table. Yeah, I want to hear. Yeah. I want to hear Carl talk about how his opinion of this film has changed. So I don't know if it's so much my opinion of of this Your film has changed. My reaction, the way I watch this movie, has changed. So. I graduated high school in 1995, and I've always been a cinephile. Always loved movies, and I love Nick Cage at this point. You know, I'm 16, 17 years old, so I, I went to see Leaving Las Vegas in the movie theater in Big Rapids my <coughs> senior year. And you know, when you're a senior in high school, your sensibilities are kind of out of whack, right? You're still cooking in a lot of ways. <laughs> sure. Um, so <laughs> I watched this, and I was seeing it through the eyes of this 16, 17 year old kid who was like, "Oh my God, someday I haven't." I can't legally drink yet. So I see this adult that's in Las Vegas and he's having sex with an attractive hooker and drinking a ton. Some of the, all the pain is lost on you. You get it, but you can't empathize or apathize at all with that. You're a 16 year old kid. And this became one of my favorite movies because I was still, I mean, I was bright enough to pick up on the fact that it was a brilliant movie and then I was drawn to it for, for, a, for a good reason. And over the course of 10 or 15, even 20 years, uh, I bought this movie on VHS and then I bought it on DVD and it was like a regular watch, wow. like maybe twice a year. It never felt great watching it, but it was like the, the, the scenes that always stick out in my head are at the very beginning when he's going down the, the aisles and he's putting all the, the booze in his cart. Right. And he was almost like a hero to me. 
hmm. in a way, in a very strange, dark kind of way. The whole, the reason why he became an alcoholic and all of that cult still sort of lost on me. It's lost on him too, which it's I think is definitely lost on him. Can I ask him. you a question, Carl? Yeah. When you first saw this, so you said you were like 15, uh, 16, 16, years so you, old, 16 yeah. when you first saw this, were you, not to get too personal, no, but I've enough. heard other podcasts of yours, so... Mm-hmm. Um, were you drinking at that point nope. in time yet or no? I mean, you I probably had like one drinking? or two beers, okay, like, like, not, uh, like a party or whatever. And somebody brought not regularly no, drinking not in high school little. all the time or anything nope, like, like that. I'd okay. steal cigarettes from my mom or whatever, but not like drinking yeah. like at all. Okay. But that, I mean, that started, I mean, I still drink. I'm on, I'm dry right now because I'm trying to lose a bunch of weight, yeah. but, um, yeah, we've done a lot of podcasts where we I'll make drinks at eight in the oh, morning. Oh yeah, or absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so. <laughs> but it was, what's interesting about this particular watch is it, it had been about ten years since the last time I watched it. So all that, all that nostalgia was still in my head. Like fuck, and I knew I know it's not like a heartwarming flick. I knew we were all in for a ride. I did, but I had no idea. Well, yeah. So that's why, I, that's <laughs> I why I picked it. That's yeah. why I wanted, I wanted to have something yeah. with a little bit of guts in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you did say that when we were picking, we were talking about the, mm-hmm. the choices for the month. Mm-hmm. You, we had a lot. I mean, we top loaded it with kind of fun, lighter stuff. Sure. And Carl said, "Why don't we finally do the movie that he won an Oscar for?" Because right, a lo- one of the reasons that we keep coming back to Nicolas Cage is how much shit he gets from other people. When you talk about Nick Cage, like over, if I talk about Nick Cage at Bird's parents' house, every Everyone in the house is like, oh, oh, Nicolas Cage. I yeah. can't stand him. I'm like, he's a really good actor. And they're like, he's what incredible. are you? He's terrible. What are you talking about? And I'm like, OK, no, and he's incredible. Yeah, I that die on this hill. That's why we're doing this. Seriously, we're all, we're all big Nick Cage yeah. fans. Sure. I think a part of that is just the the sheer output of Nick Cage is so much that, yeah, he's going to do some stinkers and he's also going to do some of the most brilliant films you've ever seen. Right. And everything in between, because the guy's made what two hundred films. He's I mean, gotta like, have he's, like at least I'm, he's prolific. Like, like he puts out yeah. so much. Part of that is, you know, not to speculate, but probably to pay off some debts and taxes and things like that. Yeah, but, yeah financial woes. But also, if you see interviews with the guy, I think he just genuinely loves acting so much Who? that he's like, yeah, I want to do at least five movies a year. Right? Like, why would I? Why not would you do not? That? Yeah. I'm an actor. This is what I do. Movies take a couple of months to shoot. So he has managed to avoid. Uh, there's. I, I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast okay. all the time, and he interviewed Polly Shore. Okay. And Bird was listening with me, and we were both super stoked because we love Polly Shore movies, and we're like, mm-hmm. let's see what Polly Shore is up to. This will be so fun. We haven't heard of, from him in a while. No one has. It is depress. <laughs> it's a really depressing interview very, yeah. because there's like halfway <laughs> through. He just gets really real with. There was a movie called Pauly Shore is Dead in the, like the right. late 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah, it was like, early 2000s. It was like, yeah, yeah. I remember when that came out. I was mm-hmm. in high school. Yeah. But um, but he's talking to Joe Rogan and Joe's like, so what what do you like? So like, what's your life like now? What do you want to be doing? What are do you have any regrets? And he and Pauly Shore just gets all of the like veneer of laughy jokey goes away and he goes, I really miss making movies a lot. I just yeah, want to make movies again. But there's, oh. there's just you. You get the sense that there's no offers coming in. Yeah. There's no movies to make it's like for the him. Brandon Fraser effect no. too. Man. Well, oh. have you, did you read the rev- the oh, interview yeah. with him? He had a lot of heart, injuries heart from breaking from mummy. Dude, I, yeah, his, mummy destroyed his body, and he my my heart hurts for Brandon Fraser. He deserved better. Yeah, yep. he just he. Another phenomenal Should've actor that been kind so of, much more and had so much more than he has right now. He, sh- and he shouldn't have been he got an done dirty star. by a lot of people in the mm-hmm. business. Yeah, and by but that's what I like about Nicolas like Cage. Yeah. God, this tie, this crazy. This all ties into this movie. Yeah, because yeah. Ben 
Nick, our Nick character, is a, a screenwriter yeah. in Hollywood. A failed screenwriter, apparently. Yeah. Right. Fr- um, fried all the way <laughs> well, out. Yeah, we'll get to some of that. I wrote down but, some things about that. Do but. we want to start at the beginning, or do we want to... It's a very good place Do, to do start. you have more to go? We derailed yeah. you a little. No, that's so. okay. So, so Carl lived a little bit of life between the last time he watched this. And what, what was... This became more frightening to me. This was a horror movie for me on this watch in okay. a very real way. Because I've been living in town for four years. You guys have known me for four years. Mm-hmm. You, you've known, that's as long as you've known me. Uh, and you didn't know me in Baltimore. I've known you for two. You've known me for two. Yeah. I've been in town for four, right? So you, Yeah, that's right. For like two and a half years. Two and a half, yeah. So I, I wasn't a different person. I was like a bad person or anything. That's not what I'm trying to say. But um, I was on this track. Had I, had I stayed... I, I guarantee you, had I stayed in Baltimore for six more months, I would have been... Where Ben was probably just before his wife left him. Hmm. I was probably a year and a half out total from being exactly where Ben is when we meet him in this movie. At the opening credits. Of this I movie. have no fucking doubt. And I was doing more than just drinking a lot. Yeah. There were other there were other things involved <laughs> yeah, too. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, even like the even like the the night owling and stuff and like making really bad decisions with other people and mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like yeah. there was a lot I and mean, there was that slope is so that's why my sister drove from michigan to baltimore to to bring me back home wow you know what i so it's so this was the movie started and i'm like yeah here it is this is my opening scene and he's <laughs> putting the stuff in and the first time you see his face when he walks into that restaurant and asks for money oh god I was making more money than I ever have being a, a manager at a fine dining restaurant in Baltimore, mm-hmm. and I had no money. Yeah. Really quick. But I would it, borrow money. Just so I can get a note off of my yeah. notebook, that the the look of Nicolas Cage all the way through this movie, I didn't look up any trivia or anything. I'm assuming it's makeup. That is some of the best makeup work it's, I've ever seen. I couldn't believe it. It is ever. unbelievable. He looks like he has the. He's got jaundice. Yeah, his yes. face like exactly. that yellow, and it's yellow and cheeks, it's not like just it's makeup yeah. plus performance because the when his eye when he's like blacked out or getting oh close to blackout the the heaviness that he gets into his eyes. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's ever thought that Nicolas Cage is not a good actor, I challenge you his, to watch this no, movie. The and transition I yeah, from this is this is like young Robert De Niro level acting mm-hmm. from incredible. from straight DTs to being drunk sober to being leveled out yeah where you know he has had enough alcohol that would put all three of us down yeah K- to probably get him kill me yeah. to, but he's functional because him functional. he's had that right yeah it's that, so it's, it was very quickly about 10 or 15 minutes into this watch it was no longer fun romp vegas weird shit no. with some dark dark not even dark comedy but just carl's dark movie that he enjoyed it became a real fucking a horror movie because this was i was seeing me yeah. Through most of this movie, I was seeing Carl from four and a half years ago watching this movie and it fucked me up. So and and but anyway, we're so gonna, that's, there will be a second episode that we're going to record today. And that one, I'm assuming, is going to be a total blast. But that's what <laughs> um, I mean. Up front, I want to say that then we can yeah. dig into it. But that was that's that's why yeah. that's why I said to you this morning. Yeah, I'm like some things have changed. Like, did it mack you? I'm like a little bit. I didn't but understand what you meant by that. But after watching the movie. I knew that there was no way that you thought the movie was shitty. Oh, fuck so no. I no. This movie is no bullshit. It doesn't no. pull punches. No. And it's the, probably one of the realest, one of the most real pieces of film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. One of the coolest moments for me mm. watching this film was I thought I was spotting mistakes and then I realized it was stylistic choices. Yeah. 
that that reinforced uh-huh. the character yep. and i was like oh my god this is it's a total masterpiece this movie is an absolute masterpiece yeah. this movie is like searcher's level that's how good this movie so i would is. yeah hands I can't, down can't argue that not one one bit and there's so, nothing redeeming about any i don't like our main characters at all no they're well, all you're not meant to no you're not but, but you're, you're with them for the entire but you're not meant to dislike them either no, exactly no. I, that's why i like okay we we can talk about the writing as we go we can talk about the direction one of the things that i adore about this movie is these characters are just completely human and they both can they both allow each the way that the our two protagonists when they come together allow the other to destroy themselves because yeah, they yeah. respect each other's decisions to do that the flask baby it's, that was it is mm. so beautiful i have that and i have the i have the dialogue i have huge chunks of dialogue written down yeah. but i want to obviously you you lived through something heading into this territory yeah i have a very personal connection to this content as well if you're cool with me getting personal go for it yeah so i this is a this is a movie about a man who who's maybe his wife leaves him because he's drinking and he might be drinking because his wife leaves him and he's been drunk for so long that he doesn't remember anymore which is tragic in itself but he states very openly pretty early in the film that he went to las vegas to drink himself to death how long do you think it's going to take? About forty days, I think, is what he's four said. weeks. Four weeks, right? Hmm. He says it'll take about four weeks. I've got enough money for two hundred dollars a day. I'm going to sell the car tomorrow. So, one of I, I'll try and I'm going to be vague about it. Sure. But I have a family member who did exactly this. Fuck me. And I was there Jeez. to watch it happen. And I was there when he died. Oh my god. And it was so much like the the spoilers at the end of this movie Nicolas Cage dies his death scene when he dies from from alcoholism mm-hmm. the way that they portray his death is beat for beat moment facial expression every it is exactly the way that my relative died it's insane wow it yeah, it was this movie hollowed me all the way out. I told I think I told both of you when I first got here because we were all, you know, like and yes, this movie's super heavy and this podcast will probably be heavy. But, you know, that's one of the cool things about movies. And after this Fuck movie, yeah. after this movie was done and the credits rolled, I cried for 15 minutes on my couch yeah. and it was part of it was the movie is really affecting and it's really effective. It's it's a beautiful it's a it's a beautiful look at somebody who is hurt, hurt who hurts that bad. But it it there I think there was I've had some like residual grief kind of floating around and this was this kind of helped me get some of it out wow. and I really really appreciated weird, that I kind of forgave movie. myself a little bit after watching this, this is a this powerful movie. fucking movie man it's weird Connor I, I your life is probably well, not as heavy as ours <laughs> but I like the perspective I'll give you yeah, a quick yeah. a quick primer on well, my we, experience with this and my life prior to this. So I didn't drink until I was 23. I didn't have a drink until I was 23. Not for any particular reason. It wasn't religious. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, family or anything like that. I just had really no interest in drinking at all. Um, yeah. Had friends who drank in high school. And in, I lived in a frat house in college. So you can imagine what <laughs> right, four yeah. years of, of dry <laughs> frat house living was like. A I lot bet, of late night uh, hospital visits with you, me driving people. To yeah, I bet you got a ton room. of studying done for oh, sure, yeah. right? <laughs> no, I did very well in, in college. but So I just didn't really have a desire to do that at all. And then I uh, moved to LA for a couple of years right out of college and had my first drink out there at 23. Um, and yeah, I, I socially drank a little bit in LA kind of 
because it was part of the scene out there. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> worse, like club drugs are more a part of the scene out there, right. but I was not really into that at all. So I was you like, just casually doing baby MDMA. steps. I'll go to a bar and I'll have a drink <laughs> right. like a man. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, all that is to say, I don't have really any experience with this sort of stuff. So I think it was very different for me watching this, but I will say I've never seen alcoholism depicted like this before. Um, and best I don't think acting. I've best, been. I mean, I can't even nominate it for best drunk acting. It's, yeah, you can. I mean, we can't. We have to. Well, yeah. Most accurate drunk acting is, I mean, that's is really what it is. I, I think nothing I just. Stand up I don't really have. A, again, I've I've lived a very. I'm aware that I've lived a very privileged and charmed life. I don't really have heavy alcoholics in my family or anything like that. And like what you were just saying, Carl, I've never even been around someone who has the DTs that bad. Like where he was shaking like that and just non-functional until he re-upped the alcohol in his system. I've never seen that in real life. And I'm sure you have. And if you had this relative, I'm, I'm sure you did yeah. as well. So I just don't, I don't have that reference point for this, but it still affected me watching this. And it right. was, it was really intense. It was bleak. It was grim, but it was, you know, really affecting. As you said, it's effective yeah. and affecting. And I, watching this, I just couldn't believe what he was doing and i was picking up on the little ticks mm -hmm. that he was doing more and more so throughout the film they get um, worse but not overly so it's just right, very subtle right how and just the way to you know that even um, his leveling out periods change which is totally yeah, accurate yeah. as you get deeper into alcoholism your level when you're when you're level that also that changes, changes. Yep. you become you become less and less functional even when you're flat level yeah which is i think it's so it's so heartbreakingly beautiful the way that sarah elizabeth shoe's character reacts to him because she's lives in vegas she's a prostitute obviously she's seen this level of alcoholism before she's probably in her clients or in people she knows whatever right. um and yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into it more later, but just and I'll the read just huge the way that dialogue that are about my exactly god, just this, it, yeah, know. the way that she accepts all of that without judgment is that was still that was one of the things wild. that I always remembered about it's, this movie and loved about it was oh, the god. fact that these two, in their pain and in their in in their how fucked up that the, the two of them are that they support each other in this weird sort of self destructive way. One, and what it's, I really one of the things I really love about that is we've seen a shitload of movies about codependent people. Mm -hmm. These are not codependent people. No, at she, all. I mean, she at one point says, "I want you to go to the doctor," and as soon as yeah. she does that, that's the end it's of it. Furious, yeah. That that's that's the last time that we see the two of them together, happy until together the end. until the very end. until the very yeah. end. Yeah, because yeah. it's the one thing he told her he, he can't never do. She she can't say to him yep. is, "You can't tell me to stop drinking." Yeah. You can't ever tell and by me to saying stop go drinking. to the doctor is saying just right. That. Exactly. What he says is because I wrote it all down. <laughs> every five prop. This is basically we might as well script. write the screenplay. Yeah, I'll just no, read you guys the screenplay. And now begins um, our it's, dramatic it's reading just that of the screenplay. We exterior. Were yeah. Exterior <laughs> day. We were talking a while on the Moonstruck episode about wanting to like do a reading of each of those characters and i'm like wow you could almost want to do that with this but you can't do that with this i don't think you know it's what you, too much of a physical you know performance what you can't do it the way they this do is it not a you know what movie you wouldn't want to try and dig into as an actor this movie yeah unless right. you had to unless you were doing mm -hmm. this film or doing something like this and we're trying to 
to scrape some of this genius into your performance, I would as an as I, and I'm I'm not an actor like you guys are actors, but <laughs> I wouldn't I would stay the fuck away from this screenplay because oh, yeah. I, I don't want that no. in me. Can nope. I give a bit of uh, a bit Uncle of background here, real quick? Around with me, and that was just Tommy yeah. for Christ's sake, you know. This is just a bit uh, from the Wikipedia, a bit of background on this, just because I don't have as much personal experience to contribute. So I'm going to give some facts about like. the film just to help out. Um, so this was a week and a half of rehearsal for this movie. That's all. That's it. That's insane. Figa said it was a week and a half of rehearsal. Um, Cage researched by binge drinking in Dublin for two weeks. Uh, and had a friend videotape him so he could study his own speech. Do you know what's fucked up? That is fucking genius, Isn't actually. that nuts? Do you know what's really strange? <laughs> Watching the movie, I thought that that was probably how he did it. It's absolutely it was, I thought I didn't know a friend had done it, but I was like, I'll bet you he got hammered a bunch and videotaped himself. Yep. Because that is, that's what you are like when you're drunk. It's spot on. He also, uh, it says he also visited with hospitalized career alcoholics and said it was one of the most enjoyable pieces of research I've ever had to do for a part in typical Nick Cage fashion. Yes. Honestly, um, God, I, I will just, and this is more, the, the end of his life was horribly tragic, yeah. but even when the, my relative was sick, hanging out with him and listening to his stories, he, he's hilarious. Oh, I'm sure it was incredible. It was so funny. And, and he, the highs are so high. Absolutely. Yeah. And th- there's like this weird freewheeling self because he knew what he knew what his alcoholism was. Yeah. So there was this self-deprecating thing and he was very charming. And the mm-hmm. only reason that he was able to be that kind of alcoholic and not go to prison and not, you know, end up in fights and shit was he was charming as shit. Right. Sure. But yeah, but yeah, he was a blast to hang out with. He was a blast to hang yeah. out with when he was loaded. He was super fun. I mean, I think most people, most people would agree. Like the feeling of being reasonably drunk. Yeah. It's a, a fun, good feeling. It's a fun feeling. Yeah. You just feel looser and yeah. you feel great. Like I, I would never become an alcoholic. I understand why people become alcoholics. I, I, I get the addiction to that feeling. I'll say something controversial. Sure. I think there is something enjoyable about being fucked up. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't I just beyond. I don't. The, yeah. I, I I don't do it anymore. I don't do it because I don't like the cost of the hangover. But right. every, <laughs> dude, every once in a while, getting like all the way loaded out, yeah. where you're like, kind of, you're like, hey, whoa, I lost ten minutes just now. Yeah, <laughs> something about that feeling and the, being that out of control and that confident. That's and, really what. Mm-hmm. I become addicted to there is something yeah. there is something yeah. fun about that we're gonna do a uh, coming up we're gonna do a movie called Sid and Nancy mm-hmm. and there's totally a poetry uh. to that level of self-destruction there really is and I know that's a horrible thing to say and I'm not advocating like alcoholism or anything but I think that's important to acknowledge oh I, I understand especially in the context of this movie I've only yeah. been blackout drunk once in my life and I don't think I'll ever do it again I because like the three perspectives I did not yeah, gonna yeah I, I didn't like as you said the hangover the next day was miserable as anyone can attest who's been that way but I do remember the night that that happened it was a super fun night. I was with a bunch of friends. I was. <laughs> it's not worth the price you pay. Definitely not. I was 25 trying to outdrink a bunch of 19 year olds oh <laughs> with, again, zero tolerance. Right. I just have right. no tolerance for alcohol. I've done one cider already tonight. By my third, I'll be loopy. <laughs> I just really cannot handle my alcohol at all. Uh, but it was a super fun night. I don't remember much towards the end of it. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. That yeah. feeling. I don't ever want to be like that again because it. I'm a very not controlling person, but I like to be in control of Danielle's myself. Danielle's very much the same way. She loves the feeling of mm-hmm. two or three drinks in and being Tipsy's bubbly great. headed. Tipsy is like great. To, to get out of control or to lose the control. Yes. Not 
And I get I it, don't, but that's the, what I enjoy. I don't it. like bird to feel like weird. that at bird all. Bird is the yeah. same way. Bird likes <clears> one <throat> drink. If I make one gimlet for Bird, she's golden. Or mm-hmm. like we've a couple times you've come over and we've smoked, and you mm-hmm. and I'll get like to go to the moon or get a little weird. But Bird will take one hit, and that's great for her. That's her yep. perfect sweet spot. She likes to. She still likes to be her and kind of able to do stuff, and you know, like. Yeah. And, and I totally get that. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily that way all the time. That's, that's fine. No, no. Judgment. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink until these stairs turn to mashed potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I love mashed potatoes. And I then mean, you come to in the kitchen and you're eating mashed potatoes yeah, and you're like, like I think I'm magic. I, am I eating the stairs? I'm totally <laughs> eating the stairs right now. All right. Do we want to get into the nitty gritty of the yeah. show? Sure. My other quick note on this is Elizabeth Shue spent time interviewing several Las Vegas prostitutes, which, um, again, quick sidebar here, but my wife has done a lot of outreach work with prostitutes. She moved to Kansas City for a couple of months back in 2015. Um and did like this whole street outreach program where she would go to these halfway houses with these women and sit with them and really just listen to their Mm -hmm. stories and just be there as someone to talk to and just to let them know they're not alone. So I actually sort of indirectly have a lot of experience with that. And it's, it's harrowing what these women go through. And I, I imagine for her too, she put a lot of that into her character. Mm -hmm. You can just see there's so much nuance and subtlety in the way that she performs that character and it, i mean nick cage will you know will reference that he won the the best actor i think we already talked about it. he, he won, won pretty much he won the oscar for best, best actor. actor he won it yeah like every award, award but out there i won. would argue that Teen choice awards maybe he won the uh, aarp movies for grown-ups <laughs> right, yeah, award yeah. do you guys know about those awards no is that for real the aarp movies for grown-ups then awards? i bet he won because the noms just came out today for this year it, we'll talk about that later but my point being, I would say, at least in my opinion, I think that Elizabeth Shue is on par 100% with Nick Cage as far as acting goes. And yeah, I, this movie wouldn't be a masterpiece if she was yeah. slouching her way through. I, I don't know who won off the top of my head in 95, but I know she was nominated for Best Actress, and I think that was fully deserved. I, I think she's just incredible and in I'm not, film. And I'm not counterpointing or contradicting. I'm just adding perspective to that. I actually, I personally know two prostitutes. Okay. And I have a little bit of experience with um a family member of mine used to do uh like help with the homeless and things like okay, that and help sure. help house people mm-hmm. and i met a couple more that way hanging out with gotcha. my uh, one of my older relatives and in my experience most of the prostitutes the two that i know personally and then the ones that i kind of met uh, just in passing mm-hmm. Only one of them ha- had any real like. I wish I could get out of this. Yeah. I feel trapped. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I've I've actually known a couple who are just kind of like, yeah. I set my own hours, and <laughs> I I pick, but but they're able to pick their clients. They're able to really control sure. their situation. And I think Elizabeth Shue's character in well, this. Well, she has a Latvian pimp. Clearly, when we see her, she's right. not in yeah. control yeah. of that situation. That, yeah, yeah. Yuri is. Well, what a Despicable. bastard! Yeah. I just wanted to—I just kind of wanted to flesh out that it's not all horror stories. Oh no, no, no! There's no. a lot. No, of them. I, I, I would I never, yeah. never deign to say that it's all horror stories, but uh, the ones that are are Hers, horrific. Yeah, and, yeah. She's um, and clearly that's performances where she was here. going with yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, I mean definitely. that's what's in the script. Is yeah. Um. So we. Uh, wait, who's the first guy that we we meet? Who's the first cameo? Is it uh Oh, it's the guy from Wings. Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber. Yep. And, yep. and the, the other guy. Though. And comedian. I know. I hold on. I got him. I got him. Is that guy man? Not. It's. 
I, I knew on, his name on, when I saw him. He was him. in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. He played Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis. Richard, Richard Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Steven Weber and Richard Lewis are the two guys in the, you're talking about at the bar at the very Yeah, the first studio. bar. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love this scene because we, we like you said, we're introduced and in, the first thing we see is Nicolas Cage walking down the aisle of a liquor store just grabbing bottles, yep. filling a cart with liquor bottles. And one of each, baby. And <laughs> you're right. There in a different movie, this would be our hero, and you'd be like, Look what oh a cool God, swinging yeah, guy he is, man. <laughs> um and I love how this movie def- defies that expectation because it starts with him whistling. He's got sunglasses on and you're like, I saw Raising Arizona. This will be. A- yeah, this will be great. Oh, God. The difference between this and Raising Arizona is. By the way, this is my new favorite Nicolas Cage performance. Yeah, I mean, it's I reasonably. So. I would say I high is a perfect, a perfect performance. But so is this. And this has more depth than H.I. Before seeing this movie, I honestly thought that Leaving Las Vegas was just another Raising Arizona. I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, oh, this came out around the same time period. What? It's probably another one of these sort of, you know, Cohen-esque sort of performances. Some goofy thing. My God, I had no idea what I was in for with this. So when he when he walks in and he's trying to hit up Richard Lewis for money and Richard Lewis and the other guy are there talking with two women who were just recently they, they all did a movie together. Yeah. and they're out celebrating mm-hmm. and uh, the girls are saying like one of the things I thought was vi-. and then you know I loved working on it was what a great experience and Nicolas Cage walks in behind him and he spots Richard Lewis's hair I assume <laughs> and he, how could you not how could you not <laughs> exactly he, find me two better representations of, of 90s, 90s hair? studio system that is oh, hair no, specifically two, yeah, yeah, like Richard guys. Lewis and Stephen Weber perfect oh, man. The, the costuming the makeup it's the, so good the, yeah they, these, these characters are, are just spot on all the way through and he comes in and he, <laughs> he's like hey how's it going and he's he shakes the one guy's hand and then he turns to the Richard Lewis's character and he starts rubbing his shoulders and you can tell everyone at the table knows he's drunk yep and they're all very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I, I, what I love is they don't. I'm uncomfortable. But, <laughs> We're uncomfortable but if you watching lo- it. The scene's like, what, 40 seconds long? Maybe, maybe, maybe a minute. I, I love all of these small characters are doing a lot. They're doing great work because no one knows how drunk he is until about 40 seconds into the conversation. And they mm-hmm. become they're like, hey, this guy's a little drunk. He might be a little more drunk and you can part of it is Nicolas Cage is slipping but when he first comes over he's shaking hands he remembers the guy's name he's making eye contact he's asking interesting questions he looks loaded but he's not acting fucked up Mm -hmm. and then once he starts rubbing Richard Lewis's shoulders and he's getting the hand pat but he's not letting go people start realizing like oh shit he's hammered and I that is Mm -hmm. that's that's our first tip or our first hint as viewers Mm -hmm. that we're dealing with a hardcore alcoholic because he's totally functional we see him driving a car and he drinks about (laughs) half a fifth of vodka (laughs) that is insane (laughs) that's one of my favorite moments in this movie by the way and I can and see puts it down when the cop passes yep. by, and then and just as sort of soon looks as he goes, then, just yeah, the second he's gone, and it's he's back not up drinking again. Belvedere, baby. He's drinking pop off. He's yeah. drinking dollar <laughs> store oh. fucking booze. It's yeah. yeah, it's it's all you just grab all the shit off the bottom shelf. Yep. Did you guys hear the the actor that they referenced? They were talking about the script they did uh, in that meeting at the bar. Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus. No, they said Dicky Gear. Was it Dicky Gear? Yeah, oh, Richard I'd- Gear. God. I just think it's it's always so interesting when movies acknowledge actors from the real world mm-hmm. because then you think oh this is just set in our world in our real world right. because they're referencing Richard Gere so then you think 
well, is Nicolas Cage also an actor in this world? That's Where does the line what fall? I really you like know? It's, it's always so interesting. I it's like that whole adaptation thing, man. Right. Oh, God. I like oh, when movies reference movies in movies. Oh, yeah. Because then you're like, well, we're watching a movie, mm-hmm. but they're talking about movies. You ever movies see Last that's... Action Hero? I think that's a, <laughs> the best representation of, of movies within a movie and reference. It's really, it's a question of where does the timeline diverge? You know, you reference. What parallel you know, universe Jaws, are Star we Wars. Right now? Where, where does that where stop? It... And we end up in this universe where. Where's don't the acknowledge the other movies right. that this actor has been it's, in. It's yeah. one of the things that bugs me about the movie or the Ocean's TV Eleven show. actually did it perfectly. God, I love that because Julia Ocean's Roberts, Twelve. You mean oh, yeah. Ocean's Twelve? Yeah, Julia Roberts meaning Julia. People Roberts. give that so much shit, but yeah. I think it's brilliant. I yeah. love it. Is it's love, a great movie and the detail of her Julia being Roberts thing. Did you know Julia Roberts doesn't kiss? Doesn't kiss people like. It's just a in thing. In general, in yeah. movies or like nope, in life? in real life. That person hmm. doesn't, she doesn't oh. kiss. It's like a, it's Weird. like how, uh, how, what's his name is a germaphobe. Um, I bet. bet oh, Eric Roberts oh, kisses. Mandel? Who's Eric Roberts? Julia Roberts' Robert's brother. brother. Oh. Well. <laughs> you've well, seen, you've watched enough, her, sh- enough schlocky her. movies to know who Eric Roberts is. I've probably seen him in something, you've but I don't know who he is. Expendables um, 2 or something. He's in The Dark Knight. He's in... He's just, I'll show you a picture of him. Okay. Yeah, like um, so let's, wh- he gets some money off Richard Dreyfus, and not Richard no, Lewis. <laughs> Richard Lewis. Richard Lewis. Lewis Dickerson. Not yeah. Richard Gere. Richard yes. Gere does not come into play. <laughs> no. He, he gives him a few He is not bucks. in this movie. Yeah. And then he tells him to never hit him up again. No, don't contact me anymore. No. We are, you're dead to me. He gives him the, the, you're dead. And Nicolas Cage goes out and he goes to a bar and hits on a woman. And the he is t- so fucking loaded, dude. Oh it's it's kind of unreal. Him him going at that girl like full tilt boogie. He, he let me. I'm gonna buy you a drink. And there's this there's this amazing dynamic that's built in this scene where she's uncomfortable, but then he gets loud and gregarious and he does his dance moves and he seems and he seems harmless enough that she allows him to get close. That's Eric Roberts. I have seen him. Yeah, he. <laughs> He seems harmless because he's like he's singing a song. He's yeah. like, "You're not too round and you're not too thin, and you're not too tall and you're not." And she's like, oh, "He's singing. He's fine. He's all right." Once he gets like in her space, though, it's like sitting on top of her, almost. There's an exact point you can see it turn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she goes, "Oh, it, like I'm done with this. This is not fun anymore." And again, there's a movie that basically no one has seen, and it's extreme. It, you can't find it. There's nowhere to rent it. You have to buy foreign DVDs of it. It's called Barfly. It's based on a Ch- uh, Charles Bukowski script. He wrote it. It mm. stars Mickey Rourke as an alcoholic. Fuck. And um, <laughs> stars Mickey Rourke as Mickey Rourke. I mean, pretty much. <laughs> like it, it's it's kind. Watch it, him in anything. It's though. an amazing movie. I saw the first half of it on late I night television when I was like fifteen, <laughs> but. When there's this moment where the bartender is going with it and he's like, ah, this Nicolas Cage is being so funny. He's his regular. He's seen him mm-hmm. before. He's, yeah, he's, he knows his. He's seen him drunk before. So he's kind of just like, yeah, it's fine. Ah, ha, ha. And then there's a there there you're, there's a moment where the girl gets afraid and the bartender's still OK with everything that's happening. And then he goes, why don't we go back to my place and we can pop a video in the VCR. And she's like, I have to get up early. And that's when the bartender He's like, hey. Uh, by he the way, what is Nicholas Cage's character's name? Ben. Ben, ben. Sanderson. Sanderson. Yeah, and he goes, he goes, Sanderson. hey, Ben. And he he makes like mm-hmm. give her some space. Ouch. He does space yeah. with his hands, and Ben realizes that he's he's lost this moment. So he yeah. goes, he sits down on the stool next to her, 
And rather than sing songy like, God, you're so gorgeous and your hair is, he just says, your hair is great and your eyes are great and you smell good. I just really want you to come back to my place with me. And it's that, it's that, it's that, you've been here, Carl. Mm -hmm. It's that thing when you're super drunk and you're in control and you're, you're, you've got it. And then something kind of shakes you and breaks your concentration. And that's it. Yeah. And And it uh, it happens immediately. You get wobbled off axis and now you're just like a, you're just trying to get words out and you go from seeming normal mid-conversation yeah all it takes is someone to break your concentration of like you walk straight keep talking enunciate your words and if someone distracts you it can knock you right into like i just think you're so pretty and and you just turn into talking nonsense you turn into like an asshole idiot yep and nicholas cage fucking nails that moment dude it's unbelievable i think that i think the point was it was it was the scene it was the moment after the prostitute pulls his wedding ring off with her teeth mm-hmm. when he's saying his I started crying yeah not because not yet because I knew what the movie was about because I didn't know he was going to be drinking himself to death and I didn't have any emotional connection I started crying because that is a his performance is perfect perfect I mean there's not a fucking crack from top to bottom and that level of artistry moves me yeah you know? just the talent alone moved me to tears. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, it's like it's you're watching something beautiful. It's incredible. It's just honestly like okay, if if we hadn't, I know a couple of movies that are coming up for us in January. One of them being with Nail and I. Yeah, yeah. If if we hadn't shuffled January, this would sweep so many fucking oh, absolutely. categories. But with that particular film, yeah, we yeah. put we put a whole bunch of hard ones in because yeah. now there's going to be competition. But if we hadn't yeah. done that, dude, best sweep, actor, sweep. Yeah. best drunk acting, it, it all the way through. Nick sweeps best eye acting. Best f- dude, he best might still have breast, best eye acting I mean. when he. <laughs> best <laughs> Actually, we, I'll still nominate two. I'll dominate two best of the breasts for this. You want to talk about the strip club scene? This movie does something really cool, and let's let's be you, Connor. If you if you want to, you know, be a gentleman and not talk about it, that's totally cool. <laughs> this movie does something so super. Oh my god, the way that it mixes sex and sadness yeah. is peerless. Oh, there's a lot of that. Nick, this it's, first, this first, it's the only way. This is the only kind of sex we see here. Yeah, absolutely. This entire film. There, it's incredible. He he. Bails out of this bar because this girl's not going home with him and he goes to a strip club And this is the sexiest striptease i've seen since from dusk till dawn. Mm-hmm. It's on un- oh, that's a damn good striptease dude. It's unbelievable. That's, there's a snake <laughs> There is there's a snake there's and a snake and, yeah, and a selma hayek and another movie where a woman either. pours <laughs> liquor down her body and has mm-hmm. a man drink it off of her but Dude, that I'll say I'll say this right now because we always talk we we talk pretty freely about movies. That strip club scene is, dude, it's unbelievably sexy. Bird was like on, on the couch with the flu, and she was like, "Jesus, that is hot." <laughs> right? It's it is, dude. It's like this swinging jazz number, and she's peeling layers off, and she has great breasts, yep. which will be nominated in Dark Quill and Filmies. <laughs> And then Nicolas Cage is he's watching this woman dance. He's trying to engage a guy next to and him. And the guy next to him's kind of ignoring him. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage pulls out I'm sorry, let's talk about him as Ben. Ben. Ben yeah. pulls out a pint. It's a little bit bigger than a yeah, pint. It might a be little, a quart. Yeah, it's a little pinter. It's a little bit bigger than a pint, yeah, I think. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, he pulls out a pint of like 
Kessler's. Yeah, something shitty. A full pint of Kessler's. Or I, I want to say it's a quart of Kessler's. And he slams the whole so fucking quart of booze. It's unreal. You just see... and there's It sets him on fire, too. I mean, he's... He's yeah. not in a good spot. I spent a lot that. of time in this movie thinking about what he was actually drinking. Obviously, like water for the vodka scenes and stuff yeah, like and that. But I, man, he standard, slammed that yeah. stuff fast. It must Whiskey, have been iced tea or apple juice or something like that. Iced tea doesn't I mean, look right. It's usually watered down Coca-Cola. Oh, is that one? Yeah, yeah Coca-Cola. Exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. A watered down Coca-Cola gives but, you that amber look. My God, it was so quickly the way he put those to bed. And I mean, all of them. Just that half gallon in the car, incredibly man. fast. Yeah. And... Yeah. And I'm I, only because I know that you've already said that this isn't really you're not like you haven't done the crazy bitten drinky thing. No, I'll, I'll, I've, I've never gone after like a fifth like that oh, or anything like that. I was just about like to that. ask Carl a question, I, but I'll say, okay. no, it's cool. You Carl's go, got a tinky. You go. Yeah, you do your thing and I'll I'll talk. On, so what his reaction mm-hmm. to slamming that much liquor where he like your, your brain dial tones and the sound cuts out and his eyes go wide. Yeah. Booze is a depressant, so like you're, you know, you get you get sleepy and you right. get heavy when you f- chug a bunch of it like that, especially like straight up liquor. Like chugging beers doesn't have that effect, but when you pound yeah. a bunch of liquor, oh, it hits your blood immediately. Your heart <laughs> starts so racing, it, yeah. dude. It feels like it feels like like ten cups of coffee yeah. for just a second, and then it hits you and it like a pile driver and you're out. But like that first, there's a rush, man. Yeah, and his like his like. Is my heart going to stop? Am I going to throw up? Is my brain going to break? Yeah, I thought he was going to like pass out or go catatonic for a minute there cuz it's it's, just, it's so intense. Um and the juxtaposition of the two. Yeah. This na- the fact that she goes all the way to like naked woman as she's taking mm-hmm. layers off, we cut to him and the bottles lower and we cut to her and we yeah. cut back and forth and it's mixing f- for metaphorically all the way through this movie. We see it when he picks up uh, Elizabeth Shue's character sure. Sarah later on. All the way through this movie, sex and alcohol or sex and liquor are intrinsically linked. I think maybe this is part of the fact that I have never been there with alcohol before. But uh, for me, despite the presence of, you know, the, the striptease and the nudity and everything like that, I was just so utterly turned off by the sex when it was mixed with the alcohol, mm-hmm. I didn't find it like you were just talking it's about the how sexy you found the job ever. Exactly. Absolutely because I'm, I'm job. sitting there well, just going wait, swordfish. I, I oh, just, yeah. it's, it's not because, you know, she wasn't an attractive woman or anything like that. I was just so sad yeah. about it the entire time. When, when I was watching the sex scenes, I just got sad. I, I just went like, yes, that's a beautiful woman. You know, she's naked, blah, 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 blah. But I'm so sad right now for what, He's experiencing what she's experiencing, what all of them in this place are experiencing together. Yeah. This is just like the depths of sadness. For the most part, strip club scenes in general make me sad. Oh, they're terribly depressing. One of my... Except Hustlers. Have you seen Hustlers? I haven't. Great movie. J-Lo is going to be nominated for an Oscar this year. Was that this year that came out? fucking incredible, yeah. One of the things that I like, but I'm with you. Strip tease is fun. the (laughs) The sex is universally sad. It's all right. You get Burt Reynolds <laughs> half naked with with. Uh, oh yeah, that is stripped. I th- I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you said showgirls. <laughs> I, like, I've got <laughs> totally different, but also this. I got the jelly. It squishes between my toes. <laughs> Burt Reynolds, Reynolds is a line? tour de force yeah. in that movie. <laughs> yes, he is. I'm so sorry. No. Um, um, and all right, so we can. Well, there will be other opportunities to talk about the way that sex and sadness mix. Actually. Yeah. 
Pretty much right here. <laughs> the next thing that he does the entire movie is sex and sadness and alcohol yeah well, so yeah and i, the whole thing. Have and I like it just before he dies we've, by like, we've <sighs> talked by like hours but yeah but that's so much more meaningful though yeah the, the fact that they the way they, they did yeah and the, that yeah. they didn't uh oh. Them, thematically i oh. love that choice yep, that's I adore the, that, that gets choice. me pounding my heart right now yes <laughs> so post strip club right nicholas cage goes to he goes cruising for a prostitute and he picks up this girl. he's in vegas at this way this is when no, he's out on the street no 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 he's still in his Hollywood first one point. yeah his first one this is the ring this is the, the ring, ring one ring. okay um so he picks up he picks up a prostitute and this is the, the actually it might it might not have been the yeah like it's just about 15 minutes in this is probably where i paused it because i couldn't watch i couldn't see because i was crying yeah. i think it's when he picks her up and she's like are you looking for a date and we cut to the reverse and his eyes are almost all the way closed and fully red and he goes i think i am because things in poise is appealing to me in this moment yeah it's it is how unintelligible it's, just, it's barely words it's kind of not a sentence but what smiling just what it was oh my god what it's it, that bob of the head it, too. Bobbing, like yeah. it it's, just, the, it's the smile where you're 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 just working muscles in your mouth to try and make a smile go but what dude what got me is his eyes mm-hmm. can you right now make your eyes that that can you make your eyes look like that through acting, try it. Try and try and get your eyes that heavy. No, like for real. Try it. For I real. am trying. You can't do it. Can you do it, Connor? No, absolutely not, dude. I I literally. I no. mean, after I got over the emotional devastation, I went in the mirror and I was like, I don't under, even understand how he did that. You know what it is? It's he's trying to at that moment approximate what he thinks human behavior is. Yeah, because he he can no longer up? function yeah. as a human being. Do you, do so he's like no trying to be like, wait, yeah. what does a face look like? Do you guys <laughs> Let know, me try and make my face look like that. Do you know I what mean, a blackout is? Do you know what a booze blackout is? Scientifically, not a... Scientifically, no. a blackout is when your hippocampus turns off. It, hippocampus or hypothalamus? No, your hypothalamus is a gland. It's your hippocampus. Yeah. The hippocampus is the part of your brain that takes in information and turns it into memories. And right, you're not making it. memory when no. you're blacked out. The way that you can tell if someone's blacked out is you ask them the same question over and over again at five second intervals, and if they keep answering it, they're blacked out. Uh, wow, because they can't remember that you asked it to them. I hmm. have I blacked out a couple times, but the only time I blacked out really bad, I was in an Irish pub, and I blacked out in uh, Ireland. No. In Marquette, Michigan, it's, it's an important. I mean, that is an important distinction right. to make. But I bla- so I blacked out in one bar, and I came to. Now, this is a Bennigan's. I mean, this is an important thing sorry. about blackouts. He's, he's trying to tell you something heartfelt no. right now. Sorry. No, it's actually it's actually just to explain the the mechanics of a blackout. Where are you gonna go? You gonna go to Ireland? I'm the leprechaun. God damn it. We were talking about Wade's World earlier. I'm so sorry. You gotta uh, see two. You'll you'll, you'll get you gotta that. watch two. All right, I will watch anyway, Wade's World I'm too. So sorry, I'm just, no, no, it's, it's not it's not a story for my sake. It's a story to explain the mechanics of, yes, of, of Nicolas course. Cage's yeah. blackouts sure. in the movie. When you're black, uh, right now, right in this moment, mm-hmm. I could be blacked out. It's totally possible to be this level of cogent and coherent and be fully blacked you out. You appear present, but oh, yeah. you're not. Because all a black a blackout doesn't mean that you're like incomprehensible or slurry. Mm-hmm. It just means that your hippocampus I, is off. I won a nine ball tournament. <laughs> I, I was blacked out. I blacked out in a bar. Don't remember doing Because you don't need memory to win a tournament. You just no. need hand-eye coordination. Yeah. I blacked out in a bar 
and I came to in a different bar half a mile away yeah. with a drink mid conversation. And the only reason that the person I was with knew that I had blacked out is I stopped talking when I became conscious again. I was explaining God, something very complicated and I yeah. stopped because I was like, what the fuck? Where am I? And he's it's, like, did you just come out of a blackout? And I was like, where are we? He's like, we're in the Vera. I'm like, holy shit. We're not really. Wow. How did I get a drink? It, essentially, you go beyond drunk, right? Yeah, you get yeah. past the point of being drunk. drunk. And it's like you've reset and you're back to being perfectly cogent, except you're just not forming any new memories. Pretty much. And you don't know what you're doing. You and can, at a certain point, that there, train's going to stop. You can have and a you sloppy go, blackout for sure, but you can also right. have a pretty goddamn clear blackout. And I think a lot of Nicolas yeah. Cage's performance in here is him Similar. in like a somewhat mm-hmm. cogent blackout. Oh, yeah. It's super cool. And I, I don't want to. No, I do want to applaud it because God, dude, the level of artistry is unbelievable. Yeah. There are moments in here where he is sloppy drunk but not blacked out, sloppy drunk and blacked out, fairly clear and cogent and blacked out, mm-hmm. and in the DTs. And yeah. the, he has distinct performances for all those. It's not like this is my drunk acting. No, no it's, it's incredible. Oh, it breaks my brain to even like think about it. From yeah. an acting from perspective, an acting perspective. Yeah, it's incredible. It's you can't it's totally like it's totally laudable. It's unbelievable. And yeah. it's so sad. But fuck is it impressive? You know what I mean? It's that thing where you're like, what an amazing performance. Why can't I stop crying into my mm-hmm. own mouth? It, it's <laughs> crazy, dude. So when he when the when he wakes up on his bat his kitchen floor and the 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 refrigerator comes in. As a wine And then it turns into the refrigerator fan But it starts as mm. <laughs> You're waking up you're And hearing, then it's yeah. the refrigerator It's not just Nicolas Cage's performance It's the cinematography mm-hmm. It's the choice of sound Yeah the sound it's design the, is incredible It's so good yeah. um, I, I wanted to really quick I want to jump back to the bartender Who, who separates him and the yeah. girl mm-hmm. Because I thought this was a mistake And it's not some of the shots of that bartender are completely out of focus. The bartender is blurry as fuck. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's that's when I first because that's pretty early in the movie. I was Somebody like, didn't rack focus. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They did, though. Yeah. They rack focus. intentional. Yeah. Sure. They rack focused on the bottles. Focus. Sure. The bottles that's what he's are focusing razor on. sharp, but the bartender's Golly, blurry. That's nuts. It's, I didn't even pick up on that. That's crazy. <laughs> because when the bartender starts talking, the bartender snaps into focus and the bottles go out. It's totally intentional. I yeah, thought dude. it was a mistake. Yeah, dude. Welcome to the jungle, bud. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed shit, Connor. <laughs> oh, no. It's not even just that. It's just... The brilliance the, of that? The level of... I, it's the, the level of forethought that had to go into yeah. that is incredible. It's I mean, so well thought I, out. I looked at the rest of uh, Mike Figgis' filmography. It's, you know, it's not super prolific or anything like that, but... Should have Man, been. this was... A, his masterpiece. I yep. mean, he really put everything in. If this. I was like, Mike Figgis and I never worked again after this, I'd be <sighs> totally happy with my career because yeah. this is fucked. I mean, it's great. Flawless. He he really truly gave it his all. And just how much thought had to go into that. Just Another, something as simple as that. I'll point it out change. now, just in case I forget later, but when Nicolas Cage is not drunk, we're shoulder cam all the time. When he's drunk, we put it on sticks. Because he's steady. Yeah. Steady versus shaky. Whenever he's waking up in the morning or drunk he hasn't gets had the a steady cam. That's... Drunk gets the steady cam. Wow. Sober gets shoulder mount. 
I didn't. Because that's you flip it, baby. When you're that when you're that far gone, the sober is the painful, out of control thing. Absolutely. I did. I did pick up a couple of times on the the shaky cam type or or just a non steady cam view, but I didn't. Yeah. It didn't connect it to when he was drunk and when he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, That. him wow. him waking up there's a great scene kind of late in the movie when he wakes up and he goes Sarah oh when when they got kicked out of the casino and he's crashed on the couch and he no, goes to the fridge later and makes when he's the... really got the DTs and she's cooking plain white rice and he oh. just gets, oh yeah, yeah, yeah and he snags two bottles of vodka and goes he's in the not a human being when he walks into that room he's it's insane dude oh my god well he's shaking he shuffles in yeah, he's mm. he's a ghost. <laughs> we we do we do. He's already sh- dead. I mean, it's, we oh do my shoulder God, cam just, mm. as he gets up, shoulder cam as he walks in. We do shoulder cam of him grabbing the bottles, and then shoulder cam on her, and then shoulder cam of him going into the shower, and we shoot the shower on a stick, and then we do dinner on sticks. Yeah, hmm. it's un and there's so. I mean, that's my favorite example. But throughout the entire film, he doesn't yeah. eat. Either he takes he an ice cube out of the glass oh, I know. with his chopsticks and doesn't touch his rice. Sidebar, oh. Raymond Chandler. Can yeah. I talk about Raymond Chandler for yeah, a sec? Yeah, absolutely. Famous Hollywood I'll writer. i Famous. But watch you. yourself, Thank counselor. You. <laughs> <laughs> Raymond Chandler was a famous. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's one of the most famous alcoholics of all time. There's a there's a story about of him finishing the script for the film The Big Sleep. Mm-hmm. And he's he's working on The Big Sleep. Yeah, dude. Well, we can watch that anytime you want. Okay. It's either I've, I've never seen it. I'd love to. Big, I gotta it's get into old Hollywood movie. mysteries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll watch the Maltese movie. Falcon all together. Mm-hmm. It's either the Big yeah. Sleep or the Long Goodbye. But he he said he couldn't. He he was sober. He had gotten sober because his alcoholism was to this level, mm-hmm. to the level of of Ben Sanderson, and he got blocked. He got writer's block, and he couldn't finish the end of the picture. Raymond Chandler famously did not eat while he was drinking. He never did the two things together because it upset his stomach. Oh, so he would just drink or eat and not drink. And when he was done eating and had digested, then he would start drinking. Hmm. So he called the studio and he said, listen, I can't finish your movie unless I drink. I'm So here's what I need you to do. He didn't, he didn't say, I can't finish your movie. You need someone else to finish it. He said, I need you to send nurses to my house three times a day with vitamin injections to inject me with vitamins. I need you to give me an unlimited supply of all the alcohol that I want. I need a car. Con- I need two cars. One to be at my house constantly so I can give them pages and you'll run them to the studio. And then the next car will pull up. And when I have more pages, I'll give them to then. He spent like a month at this level of full-on alcoholic Jesus fervor. Christ. Didn't eat anything. Just got vitamin injections oh and drank God. booze. Finished that movie. You've seen that movie. That movie is fucking incredible. It's perfect. And that's what it took for Raymond Chandler to do that. I'm not glorifying alcoholism. I'm just saying that thing of not eating because you're drinking is has. It's a real. That's a real physical thing. thing. When it gets to this level, when you're yeah. doing it like this, food will fuck your guts up because you have you've sure killed, you've killed all the bacteria. There's no in bacteria in your gut. Right. Your yeah, flora is gone. Yeah, dude. It's. Oh. What a great movie! But like, Ooh. even now, I'm just I'm starting to get a little like, yep. oh, and we're not even out of the first. Ten minutes. Right. Well <laughs> Yep. Um what do you think of the scene where he gets fired? It is heartbreaking as as it's heartbreaking for him, it's heartbreaking for us and for his boss. It's the thing that I love about this movie, as far as Ben Sanderson is concerned, is we we are meeting him well along his journey, and we only get a glimpse of the man he was 
before he picked up the bottle or before it became a problem. His boss firing him, he hates doing that. The boss doesn't want he to fire him. He even says, like, yeah. we loved having you here. <sighs> and that's one tra- one of the big tragedies for me is we never get to meet Ben. We never meet him in this movie. No. We don't We don't ever meet mm. Ben Sanderson. Did you guys catch some of the movie titles of the scripts on the desk? Because I no. wrote a bunch of those down. What, are, what were they? So... I think it's a, I, I don't think all these are real. I think it's a mix of real and fake. So we got Beverly Hills Cop, Father of the Bride, Radio Flyer. Uh, and then there's, uh, we have Jack and Sarah, Bitter Duel, Doing It All, and my favorite one, President Elopes. <laughs> President Elopes. But dude, that's how, that is totally how a Hollywood screenwriter would work. Someone who's working for a studio. Yeah. They'd be like, can you give another pass on President Elopes? And they're like, Jesus. I guess. Uh, all right, give me a cup of coffee and give me 10 minutes. All right, what is it about? <laughs> like, yeah. well, um, there's this president. And he I think elopes. the one thing the firing scene does, because we haven't met Ben, is you get, because he's despicable in it because he's just, he's drunk all the time and, and you, you don't have a real. As a sense of who he is. Right. But that the boss firing scene is the only time that we see someone else acknowledge him as who a human. Knew him he, before. Who, who knew him before and yeah. acknowledges him as a human. And we get that. That's the only bit that we see. And it's through the eyes of a boss that is firing him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. Dude. Do we see, do we see a, incredible. a photo of his family on his desk or is that one scene later when, when he's, he's in his house? When he's burning, he's burning, burning everything. everything. Okay. But it's a, it's around the same time. Yeah, it's his like, wife and his son. It's all of his past. And we see going and we see the little huffy bike in his. So can living I room can as, I hit the nuts and bolts it. of that scene really yeah, quick, absolutely. like the film filmy type stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite the high Wellington. One of my favorite things about that scene is so far the movie has maintained a fairly up tempo feel. It's he's going in and out of blackouts. We have a strip club scene. We have him picking up a prostitute. We have him going to the liquor store. We have him going to the bar, and it's it's bop bop bop. And then even and because and it's a lot of in the beginning, it's a lot of shoulder cam, so it creates visual motion. When he gets to the when the uh, the secretary comes in to tell him like, hey, I need mm-hmm. you to uh, the boss wants to see you, and he so starts funny. dancing with her, and she goes. Um, yeah, the cables is what we got to watch out for. Trin pulled a power cable out once and we lost an episode. Oh, no. Um, but we, so when the secretary comes in and she's like, hey, the big boss wants to see you and he starts dancing with her and she goes, you should probably go you in there now. Go now. Yeah. Once he, that scene, when he's with the, the secretary, we shoot over, he's talking to his phone upside down and then we cut to her and we cut to a new angle and we get to the boss. Steady. Steady, flat, level cameras. Like parked on ticking the corner clock. of his desk. Yep. The score goes away. Mm-hmm. The songs go away. The sound design becomes very minimalist. There's, It's just that ticking clock and the steady camera. No background noise. Very sparse dialogue. The movie pumps both feet onto the brakes. And it's like his... Because right now his ride is this over. Is, this is his world ending. The last bit of his world. I, I loved all those God little all those little touches to to add a little bit more to that punch. You know, I dug that. His "I'm sorry" is one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever oh seen on a film. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. That man. was awful. The, it you did know, not even like harder for me was the check cashing. Hmm. And it's not that he can't. It's not that it's a bad check. It's that his hands are shaking too bad to sign it. 
because he comes. I just had brain surgery. He comes back in a second. He comes back after. I am back and I am ready to sign. And he signs. Yeah, it's because it's a legit check. He just legit couldn't sign it because he was he had the DTs right before that too. At the end of the boss's office, when he gets the check and he says, "This This is is too too generous," generous, because he knows. Well, this is enough money to absolutely drink myself to death. And I that's guess that's what I'm going to do with it now. Did you like, think that some of that was like, please don't give me this money. I'll die. Yeah, please don't. Like you're signing my death warrant right now because I'm just going to spend this on Fuck. alcohol. His, that's his, that was his that's last. That's what it is. That was the last moment before he, he wanted the boss himself. to take the check back and rip it up and, and write him a smaller check because the second he gets however much money, you know, that's an awesome. That's read. a great. Yeah. Wow, man. Fuck, man. He, someone like that, or, you know, a severe drug addict or something like that, they cannot have that much money in their possession. No, they can't. (laughs) No, because it's going up their nose or in their veins. Like, it's, it's, I think they just can't. I think it's very telling that the only other time we see him hand over his finances is when he moves in with Sarah. He yeah. Gives, gives, him, gives her yeah. his stash. Take the rest of my Something money. Something about handing you money makes me want but to actually, fuck you. But yeah. actually, no. That's I was going to read that as like, maybe this is him like, please save me, but it's not. She's taking him out gambling. And he needs that money to kill himself. Right. Right. If he loses, if he loses that, if he, he can't kill himself. If he loses too much, he won't have enough to drink himself right. to death. Exactly. So it's actually utterly fucked like the rest of everything in this movie but before before that when he's right at the end of the boss's office yeah he hasn't yet made the decision to kill himself until that moment when he goes i just lost my job i don't really have anything left to live for this is pretty much yeah. all that was keeping me going and you just gave me the gun i think he decides you know to do this check the is the gun that i'm gonna gun. kill yeah, myself with fuck. right it's when the so boss fuck. goes have you given any thought to what you're gonna what do? you're gonna do next and he gets well i've got all this money now and i know exactly how to spend it i was and thinking about moving to las vegas really sad it is and, and that's and, when we get our oh, title card that, yeah there it is <laughs> leaving las vegas and at by that point you're like this is not raising arizona at no. all no so what is what is after, uh, leaving Las Vegas? Do you guys have any thoughts on that? The title is of that, the book. <laughs> I mean, well, no, I know it's the title of the book, but well, is it, I mean, is that his ascension to the afterlife? I think he's I leaving mean, what, Las Vegas. Yeah, that's that's the idea. Is at the end journey. of the movie, he's going to leave yep. Las Vegas Absolutely. for death. Well, that's it. Elizabeth Shue, I think, is the one who ultimately. I, I think it's the cat. The at the end, the black cab driver's talking to her, and he's like, "Lou Rawls." I mean, is that who that is? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's like there's so know, many damn cameos like, in this you know you should really get out of here yeah and it's not this part of town it's you need to get out of this city this is not a good city to be in no and i think it's her i think that i think leaving las vegas is, you think she's leaving las vegas yeah because i, I think, think there's a double meaning there well well she's there and it, i think she's all set up to be there forever and be sure. trapped and her That's true. what happens between her and ben changes that Mm -hmm. Mm. that that is that's what it that's her that's her what what spurs her to get out of las vegas Mm -hmm. because he shows her that he doesn't save her but he just reminds her that he shows her what the end of the world looks like yeah there's another part of life than this hell that she's been living in like it is possible for her to live a different life yeah i because she's been living it with him for the 
clandestine time there together. You know, three weeks, four I weeks. I really loved the inex- the unexplained cuts to her in I think a therapist's office. Maybe we don't I wanted really to talk about know that. where yeah. she is. Do we, do we, we, we don't we know ever, where she. I assume back. it's we her even, therapist. We even cut so that we don't ever hear the therapist's voice. I think that she's just in the bar chatting with somebody. No, because it's an office. Yeah, she's in an office. I I have a note here. Who is Sarah talking to? I made that note early on in the movie. I'm fairly certain it's a therapist after he dies. I I think she's working through her grief with this counselor. It seems kind of therapist-y, but this is also the first, this is the first time where, no, not the first time, but this is the first time that we hear her speak. We cut to a totally random shot of her. We haven't been introduced to her. We just hear her start talking and Mm -hmm. then we see her and she's sitting on a couch. Yeah. And she said, oh, yeah, no, we were introduced to her. Yuri brings her into that party right. and, quote unquote, gives her to his guests yeah. Yeah. as like an entertainment thing. Yeah. And then post that, like uh, like that lesbian scene, that like mm-hmm. pseudo lesbian right, thing right. that was going on in the party, we cut to her talking to her therapist and she says, it's, it's an amazing line. She says, I walk into the room and I know their fantasy. And then she pauses and she says, but mostly I'm an equation. She turns her, she she breaks herself down into math. Yeah, she's not even human. She says the first half hour, the first half hour is 300 bucks and that's just getting my body into the room. After that, it's 500, but we negotiate and the way that she's, she's talking about it as though she's selling a car and there's something about the dissonance between what she's saying and the realization that she's talking about selling Mm -hmm. herself and the fact that she just referred to herself as an equation. It's. It's beautiful writing. I jumped over the um, one of my favorite monologues of all time, which is Nicolas Cage talking into the tape recorder about how he wants to have the woman pour <laughs> the airline herself. attendant. Was it? Is it? No, no he drives. The it's color. the bank. He's back. This is oh, when it's, he's it and is I the, am it is ready the bank to sign. I don't yeah. know why I thought it was the airline. Yeah, it is the bank teller. Yep. Yeah, and he's like second in line, and he's like, <laughs> "Would I? Would I respect you?" Or is he's like, he's like, I think you're beautiful. The only and is there anything that would make you more beautiful? Yes, I think you would be more beautiful if you drank bourbon with me. If you drank bourbon with me, if you took your clothes off and poured bourbon down your naked body, and he gets fucking super explicit. He gets real with explicit, it. loudly in line. I. It's great, just the angle that he has the tape recorder at too. Yeah. It's awkward. It's so He's like facing, elbow out, right? Like, and his shoulders are all up. Like. You know what made me really sad is it's him still pretending he's a screenwriter. Yes, he's making notes into it's a tape recorder. Last. Attempt it. <laughs> and the wor- it's the only he normalcy does it, he knows. He does it a couple job, of times. Yeah. He will say something when he whispers right. into a, into her ear. He says something that's very much he talks like, like a, a writer. Like a, like Did a you notice there was one scene uh, somewhere around the middle of the movie where it almost looked like it was him in that therapist's office? He says something to the effect of like, "You know, I love you" or something. But it's a weird like center framing on him, like he's talking to the camera. And it almost looked like he was in that therapist's office for a second. And she's not, I, I don't think she's in that scene. It's like a weird brief. I'd have to go back and watch it. But I just, I picked up on it because I was like, wait, is he, are they both talking to a therapist? I don't later? know exactly this is before I talking knew he died. About, I'll, I'll I... show you after this. But um, yeah, it was just like a weird, weird framing and a weird sort of scene where I was like, wait, is he <laughs> also in the therapist's office? Yeah, right. This is way before I knew he what his ultimate end was right but um so but it was what you were saying carl that it 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 was a very sort of screenwritery voice that he used he says something i forget the exact line but it's something like oh you know i love you like that it's a very very sounds like an old hollywood sort of voice and he does that a lot 
in the way that he talks. He has, he has, his dialogue is so incredible. His, there's, let me skip to, skip ahead to show his, you can see flashes of what a brilliant mind he had or what a brilliant mind he has, even though it's drowning and what a great writer he must have been. Because when he moves in with Sarah, he is hammered drunk. He's sleeping outside the front gate. That's right. Her, the oh my god, the landlady and her husband are like so. Sarah, that camera pan and then, yeah. down to his face, like oh focused god. on them, and then the pan down was you don't incredible. Know, you don't know what they're talking about until right. they zoomed and then it pan just down, a and slow it's pan down, and he's on the floor, and he has case full of booze. Oh god, with a jet bottle of Jack out. Yeah. He's yeah. cradling his bottle of Jack Daniels. And what we've seen pre- just previous to this is he was taking all the bottles that weren't full and he pours them into a tall juice glass, like a Collins glass, just straight liquor, no ice. And he drinks mm-hmm. a full Collins glass of like every jungle juice, whatever. Yeah. Out of mixer. Dead, drank all the dead soldiers in one big glass. Right. Well, and you notice he's trying to shut his suitcase and there's too much in there. So he's he, like, well. Toss gotta it, just drink it. Can't let it go to waste. No, he throws the clothes away. Right. That's yeah. but but the remaining booze that won't fit in there, he just downs it. Yeah. He just we. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him drink a fifth at a time before. God. That's the that's where he's at. Incredible. Which so you're he's not wrong when he says four weeks. And what's really haunting is he's pretty much spot on. That's right? how much. That's how deep he is into his alcoholism. He's like, if I really like hit the gas, I can probably live for four weeks. And he's right. He's correct. But he's laying on the couch and he's hammered drunk. And he goes, listen, if we're going to do this, I want to say something. And she goes, okay, what is it? And he's fucking trashed. And he says, I want you to let me pay this month's rent. And she goes, why? You know, like, I'm, I'm helping you. Don't move in mm-hmm. with me. And he goes, it's better for me that way. And he rolls a tear. But he doesn't look sad. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's one of the most it's one of the most beautiful moments I've ever seen in like a, a act in a performance. He's just talking to her and he's so drunk that he's not able to make emotion happen in his muscles. But he, <laughs> oh my God. But, he but he cries. But he, yeah. It's absolutely beautiful and he says <sighs> we both we both know I'm not going to tr- even try to do justice to his no. performance. I'll just read his words. He says we both know I'm a drunk and I know you're a hooker. I hope you understand that I'm a person who is totally at ease with this, which is not to say that I'm indifferent or I don't care. I do. It simply means I trust and accept your judgment. (laughs) And he says that like two fifths deep and it comes out clear as day. He's most difficult to understand when he's all the way blackout, but even more so when he hasn't been drinking. He can barely talk when he can't speak when he's. Yeah. He's he's huh, like huh. I mean he's got he's almost oh, like upsettingly eloquent when he's, oh, when he's really in sober the or when he's, when he's like in the DTs yeah, yeah he can't even function yeah well that oh man the, I think it's important that uh, it's their relationship is definitely not a, a one way street because that he says that but then that changes clearly when he falls yeah. in love with her mm-hmm. he does absolutely care that she's a prostitute and. Even though he's furious with her for asking him to go see a doctor and, you know, the mm-hmm. subtext there is stop your drinking. He does the same thing to her. He, he gets blackout when she goes out to do her job because he can't handle. But she's a prostitute. But which which I love. I love this. But. He 
he says some shitty stuff to her on a date, one of their dates. He's basically. Oh yeah. He's basically. Is that at the restaurant where they're just yep. sitting at the table? Yep. Right. Him not eating anything still. Right. Oh, dude. When Let's he, get a drink. Has he eaten anything in no. four, the four weeks? He, Maybe we that's why him it eat. kills him because he's just you know the body can go a well, month without food. But it starts with he's not eating anything. Oh, no, dude. Well. A lot of calories in me. A lot of should, empty calories. But maybe we should go through it in order. I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> when we get to the end, or when we get to that part, when she goes out to work after they've had their fight, mm-hmm. he kind of says, like, I am. I feel jealous. He basically says, like, yeah. I feel jealous. But he also gives her not, not, like, tacit approval. He gives her explicit approval. He's basically like, I am jealous and I don't necessarily like this, but... I'm not going to stop you and I will be here when you get back. Yeah. And I I really like that, which is why I said at the beginning that they're not they're not codependent. They re, these two people genuinely respect each other. Mm-hmm. She respects him enough almost to a fault. I mean, <laughs> when when he says, yeah. "What well, maybe it's time I go to a hotel." What he's saying is, "The reason you want me to go see a doctor is I'm I don't have long left." I've got like a week and a half and I'm, my organs are going to fail and I'm going to die a really painful, horrible death and it's going to be agonizing and you're going to have to watch it. He's not saying like, well, if you're going to be a bitch, maybe I'm going to fuck yeah. up. No, no he's, he's saying maybe it's time that I spared you from this yeah. inevitable yep. end. He's like, this is going to be having to watch way it. harder than you think. Maybe <laughs> I should go. And what she says is, if you're going to kill yourself, I want you to kill yourself somewhere where you're loved. Fuck. It's f- devastating. But that dude... It's just totally dysfunctional. I'm not holding it up as like the gold standard for relationships. What no, I am saying is but that it's real. There's it is absolutely it's a real, real. relationship. You and can't you, deny you that. You can't say it's not romantic. No. It's That's fucked just it. I mean, and that hard was the, and horrible. One of the reasons I kept coming back to this as a kid is their relationship. Yeah. There was, I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. It's, so we meet Yuri. I actually... I kind of like the character of Yuri... Well, he's Latvian, so I have to like him. I, I like his paranoia because his paranoia is like low grade funny, but also scary because it actually comes true. I mean, his he's paranoid he's right. and he's right. He saves her life yep. by like 30 seconds. If she get there on the way in the room when she's walking down the hall. Oh Holy shit. Yeah. So the let me jump back to when we first meet. When we not when we first meet Yuri, but when Nicholas came, so Yuri and is uh, is would we say that this is Sarah's pimp? Yep, quote unquote, oh, for sure. and boyfriend. Uh, and boyfriend? No, that's just, like a living. That's he, like the pimp he, relationship. Well, okay. yeah, he is. I don't know how it works. to him. That's she's his cool. girlfriend, but right. to her, he's her the captor. The, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, not a. I think <laughs> she has genuine some genuine affection it's stockholm syndrome oh yeah but that's not no no not genuine affection what i mean is we watched the mac she relies on him for protection what but what i said what i was saying to carl was this is that's how the pimp relationship works they explain it in the mac you go out you get a girl to fall in love with you and then you convince her that selling her body is a way she can express her love for you it's a totally diseased sick thing but what i'm saying is i think she genuinely thinks that they have a relationship that's what happens because he's in that relationship yeah, so hard absolutely. i wasn't saying oh no 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 no, no i totally yeah. totally get what you're saying but yeah that's what happens it, it is a stockholm syndrome type thing where you fall in love with your captor because 
it's the only protection you have, even right. though they it's beat you repeatedly. Instinct. They <laughs> beat you insane. less than the Johns beat you, so it's like a sick you? sort of thing. We'll it, get it to just, that, and we'll get to the yeah. knife scene in a second. But that was n- pretty gnarly. <sighs> um, what did you speaking to Andy Kaufman, the Kaufman writing thing? Yes. What did you think of the whole year in? Transforming to the whole the hole you're in. I thought that that, that was one too. of the only few moments that was a little bit stupid. Where a little on should, the nose. They should have left it and let it be the thing. Because mm-hmm. we read it, we're intelligent. What, I don't know. What, it felt that that did feel a little bit studio. To would me. you have gotten it if if yep. they hadn't changed it to I, the whole year in? Because I forgot about that, and then I I, I was like, oh, that's clever. And <laughs> if, then they showed it again. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. You don't have to do that. I would have done it differently. I would have pointed it out, but I would have done it differently. I would have had Nicolas Cage read it and slur the words so that it sounded that mm, right. That's I, this better. Is, this to me looks like something that was in the book. Like he looks up and misreads it and then right. he rec- realizes his mistake. Yes. And they were like, how do we do that visually? But I think do it audio. That makes like, sense. He, Absolutely. Yeah. like while he's waiting in line, he looks up and he just goes like the whole year in. And then that's right. And that's it. it. And that's it. Yeah. Because yeah. I haven't read that. the book, but I bet dollars to donuts. That's probably, probably. in there. I'm actually and, with yeah. you. I, I do think this is a perfect <laughs> film. That to me was like one little like speed bump in the it's road a little on the nose yeah, yeah. That, that was the pebble that hit the windshield and you're looking for <laughs> like what was that did you right right yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh <laughs> we we cut from that from him getting his shitty room back to her in the therapist's office kind of talking about uh that's where i wrote who is sarah talking to yeah. this mm-hmm. what she's actually saying here is pretty brutal this is the most horrible some of the most horrible stuff in this movie isn't what we're seeing. It's her description describing. Of, yes. Except for, of course, the scene with the jocks at the end. Oh, but fuck. I would like to point out that when we cut into the therapist's office, the first thing we see is not uh, Elizabeth shoe. We see a lily, a white lily with mm. dirt and dust on it and bent busted petals, which is beautiful because we pan from this symbology. We we pan from the symbolic broken. It's a it's a broken white flower too, and Lily is a, is a uh, represents purity, mm-hmm. and we pan from that to Elizabeth Shue. It's gorgeous, and over the Lily. I'm okay. What I'm listeners, if you're if you're even like kind of weird about like sex stuff or like anything like that, I have to say some of the lines because they're it's incredible writing. But this is kind of he- heavy shit. She talks about this John. This abusive John, he's like a he's pretty he's really overweight, and she talks about like his he has got like this the 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 medical way that she talks about his dick. Mm-hmm. She's like he had a, a very hard erection, and he uh, he told me to lay on my on my belly, and he stuck his penis into me, and I had to bite down on my tongue to avoid to stop from crying, and then I got up to go, and he said, "Wait, come back here," and he stuck his penis in my mouth and he and she's just it's clinical her yep, eyes yeah. are closed and her t- mad props to her performance it sounds like she's extemporaneously speaking yeah because very she, much she changes word choice mid word a couple times she yeah. like pauses she it's be, it's a beautiful performance it's just harrowing content yeah. and it's important to note this because she brings it back late there's something from this speech later when she talks to Nicolas Cage for the first time she says, so he came on my face and rubbed it into my hair. And then the first time when she meets Nicolas Cage, she oh, says, not hair. in the hair. She says, 500. Yeah, I just washed it. Yeah. 500 bucks will buy you anything you want. Just keep it out. Keep it out of my hair. I just washed it. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's. Oh, God. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, sorry, Connor, I didn't know, no, man. It's just I honestly so didn't know what the movie was. It's my so fault. You're welcome, guys. Rough and so sad, and just because that's all she has in that moment is I just washed my hair. It looks really nice. Yeah. Just don't mess it up. My hair looks like, good. Please don't mess it up. This my is hair all up. I've got at the end of the day. I mean, what really bothers uh, me about that scene is how what happened to her doesn't <clears throat> seem to bother her. It doesn't seem to. You mean the fact that. Yeah. Well, she's just raped and abused repeatedly by yeah. various people. Yeah. Well, no. the, the we're there is a rape, oh, there is a yeah, rape scene at the end of this movie. But what I what I'm saying is when she's talking to the therapist, she she's does, compartmentalized it she, totally, yeah. and that's really upsetting. <sighs> the way that the, the way she delivers the dialogue is first of all brilliant. Second of all, is there something weird with my hair? You're looking at my head. No, oh. <laughs> so no, my, my <laughs> eyes are floating. I'm a little floaty right now. He's, he's keto drunk. All right, we'll we'll zip. I'll 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 burn some notes. I'm all keto Carl. high, baby. Let's cover some ground so we can get Carl like to sleep or something. <laughs> no, we got more to do after we that. Got a Mandy, baby. We're not going to sleep. All right, so I'm glad we started early. Um, so sh- uh, Nicholas Cage is driving around the Las Vegas Strip drunk as shit and almost <laughs> almost nails her earlier on he almost nails her but yeah. I, I wanted to skip that and get to their oh, interaction okay. this is their oh, second sure. meeting he yeah. sees her like walking so he like pulls over the car and gets out and he's like hey hey hold on one second and i think it's telling that he has to run back and get his beer before he can talk to her because later in the hotel when she wants to jump to the sex he wants to have a drink he's always tying his interactions with her into having a drink in his hand, he can, yeah. when she, when he wakes up after their like nice night out, and he kind of crashes on he her couch. He leans over and grabs a bottle off the end table. But he's he he doesn't really. He's grumpy and doesn't like to talk to her, mm-hmm. and is he's jittery. And the second her back is turned, he grabs a mm-hmm. bottle and pours a glass and takes a drink. Mm-hmm. And after that, he keeps it in his hand like a comforting thing. It's almost like the toad binky. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dude, it's oh, but Big anyway. Bourbon Banky. Baby. So he starts flashing money around and she's like, just get in the car, get in the car. They get back to his hotel room. Yeah, give me the money in the car. Yeah. Why don't we? He goes, why, why don't, don't we, we just, go out for dinner? And she goes, go, yeah. why don't we give me the money in the car? And they get in the car and he starts, he doesn't, he just looks at her for a really long time. They drive back to his hotel, motel. They get into the motel and there is liquor bottles on every flat surface in that. There's not a space left. And it's insane. It is to. Sarah's credit that her response this shows this kind of shows her level of how long she's been in Las Vegas she goes you know what this motel room needs is more liquor more liquor yeah <laughs> you've got a few empty <laughs> ones you might line. not see to that it is yeah. it's an awesome it's an she, awesome she line she just plays it so well yeah. she's so she's so good dude it's like she's done tours of duty, you know, like yeah. she, she's seen, yeah, this is her seen first outing. Shit, right. She's not green. She's wet behind the ears. This is her right. third time in, you know, her, her third six month yep. jag in country. Seriously. Exactly. But she, uh, she goes into the bathroom and he's like, you want a drink? I'm having one. And when he says I'm having one, even at home as a viewer, knowing this is about an alcoholic, you're like, you really shouldn't. Right. That goes like, away pretty about, fast, yeah, but like yeah. you're like, really, you're gonna have another Bad drink? Idea. <laughs> She's like tequila. They pours two te- two glasses of tequila, sets them down. He pours her a shot. Bed. He pours himself a, a whole glass. glass, and she just asks for it. She goes, "I'll have a shot of tequila." He's, what he's sipping off of is only like that big. It's more than a shot, though. 
Oh he, yeah, he this just is, gives her a yeah. His what he's drinking is probably like three to four ounces yeah. of tequila. She gets a nice ounce and a half pour. Well, because yeah. I imagine she she gets is a used shot. to drinking with clients, yes, you know, to ease the mood and everything. But there's always that thing where she and we see it go away at the end of this scene. But she has to watch herself. She can't have too much to drink because mm-hmm. she's got to you know protect herself in this line of duty. She doesn't but have a, a. But at the end of the scene, you can see she's had a lot more to drink because she's comfortable with him right. and she's let go of that. She knows she it's a safe place. I mean, that's yeah. not yeah. A thing. yeah. It's his. But she's clearly on her third or fourth drink at yeah. that point, oh, yeah, where yeah. she would never do that with a normal John. Not because even a little. She's. Yeah gotta protect herself and i have the lines written down that make her stay because they're some of the best dialogue in the movie um and we'll we gotta i gotta say it you gotta give it credit that blowjob is fucking unbelievably sexy it it's it just is it's sad connor is weak and this is another well good, here's my note this is another <laughs> not sure a tequila blowjob would feel great <laughs> Well, clearly you've never had a tequila blowjob. I guess not. All I know is if alcohol gets in the wrong spot, it's going to burn like hell. Nah, it gets in your cheeks pretty fast. Actually, tequila might be nice because it makes your mouth water. Yeah. Anyway, um, dude, that... You're, I know you said it earlier, but it's this is that thing. This is that Sid and Nancy thing. This uh, The three writers I thought of immediately, Henry Miller, Charles mm-hmm. Bukowski, and uh, Dashiell Hammett. You could you could also throw in Raymond Chandler, mm-hmm. but like, but more so Bukowski and Henry Miller. Those two dudes write about people like this mm-hmm. so well. They show you like that the seedy underworld sort of yeah that type of person, and they make it they make it both like like here's why I find th- here's why these things make me happy, and. But while also recognizing I'm they basically say like these things make me happy. I'm sure they make you sad. Yeah, right in the same work. And that's what that's why dude Bukowski from a technical standpoint, not necessarily a great writer, but he had he had a way of portraying the world where like like, you know, like just just days of binge drinking and trying heroin just because he never tried it and he's so fucked up that he's like why not if it kills me then i'm no different than i am right now Mm -hmm. and somehow making it both devastating and heartbreaking but also kind of that it's the kurt cobain effect Mm -hmm. sure you're like what a genius what incredible (laughs) music i want to be kurt cobain but then you look at what Kurt, if you think too hard about what Kurt Cobain yeah, is, you like, follow it to its oh, logical no. conclusion. He's just like a devastatingly depressed drug addict who probably killed himself. You know, like yeah. th- that's that to me is why I like the sex scenes in this is they have that that raw, seamy, seedy. Well, it's, it's almost noirish. You know, it's not. Very much it's real. not. A, there's no mystery. The, you know, there's no murder or anything like that. But it is that sort of neon light. Couple drinks in, couple too many drinks in, sort of noirish aspect to it. Everything's dark. Everything's you know. I've tried before on the show to to get this idea across. This movie is another example of this particular feeling that I have, which is there. I talked about it once with I think it was Suicide on another show where, but it, but in this one, it's this it's this weird alcohol fueled. This dude is killing himself with booze. And but there's also a lot of sex woven into the movie, and mm-hmm. these people are down on their they're completely like bottom of the line. Oh yeah, they they we there's a great line late in the movie, like yeah, we see a lot of screw ups come through here, but there is 
something kind of for me and I'm sure for a lot of other people but just for me I can only talk for myself there's something romantic romantic yeah about how how little of a fuck is left for there's either a reason them. why 16 year old Carl was attracted to this <laughs> sure yeah man but it's not from like from a you know fapping standpoint but yeah more like a but for for me, there is an allure and there's a there's a romance to it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it, even for me, like looking at this movie, I can logically look at it and go, this is not a situation I would ever find myself in because I'm never you know, going to get that drunk or I'm never right. going to solicit a prostitute or, you know, any of these sorts of things. But there is just like with a lot of different movies and movie genres and things like that, there is that idea of putting yourself in the character and going, Oh, what a romantic thing to, Mm -hmm. you know, get this drunk and to go to this city of lights and all that sort of thing. It is the movie absorbs you completely. Totally. And so you're in it and you're going just like when you're watching an old detective movie, you know, you wouldn't want to be, be that person in real no, life, yeah, that no. hard drinking sort of, you know, chauvinist sort of guy. But you look at it and and you go, oh, uh, well, you know, back in the name, like back any, in the twenties, and right. you know that that sort of area. Or any it James is that, Bond movie, sure. You wouldn't <laughs> James want Bond is a horrible human being, awful person, yeah. but fun to watch a movie and, yeah, and mm-hmm. you know see all the spy shit and you know he that's gets the like girl the, and all that sort like of stuff. That's like the bright it's, shiny yeah. romanticism oh, version of this. The thing I'm well, talking about if you about analyze is like, James Bond too much, you get into some dark shit. I mean, you get some real dark territory. Did you ever see the God. Daniel Craig ad that he did? The, yeah. As James Bond with yeah. Judi Dench doing the voiceover? That was stunning. Probably because Daniel Craig seems like a very decent human being. And he and hates probably the hates Bond. Being James Bond. He said that repeatedly. He's yeah. like, why would it, I don't know why anyone would call him a hero. I don't know why men look up to him. He's a total no, chauvinist. He's a, he's a misogynist. Terrible human he's being. awful. He's an Daniel alcoholic. Craig seems like a lovely human being. He's I very mean, grumpy. He's a curmudgeon. He? Oh, oh yeah. Daniel Craig is like the I biggest like curmudgeon. God, I love a curmudgeon yeah. though. Yeah. So do I. I love it's a something curmudgeon. I really, really like about Daniel Craig. <laughs> 